0: Hey, welcome to Victory in the Night. My name is Jennifer McCants, and I'm so glad you chose to tune in with me. Let's get started on our topic for the night, which is stop holding your breath, breathe. Okay, so our scripture reading for tonight is John chapter 20, verse 19 through 22. I'll be reading that in the New King James Version. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 2 through 9, that I will also be reading in the New King James Version. So, let's go. John chapter 20, verse 19. Then, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, for the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed him his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. I implore you, Udiah, and I implore you, Sinat, we're going to say Sanach even though that is not, that's not what it says. <laughs> to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who are labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Ain't he? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Oh, Verse nine, I'm supposed to read that too. <laughs> the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Here's what I've learned about anxiety firsthand. It will try and snatch your breath. It has snatched mine many times. In fact, just yesterday, which was June 24th. Today is the 25th. (laughs) I was standing in my kitchen and my chest started to get tight. And I felt like having a whole fit, like a whole meltdown, just panic. So I began to praise God in a subtle way. I was actually on the phone when this happened. However, one day... I remembered that I was standing somewhere and I recognized that I was holding my breath. I started to notice it more and more after that. I started to practice my breathing. No, no, I haven't gotten into yoga. I don't do yoga or any other new age meditative practices. I'm simply just talking about practicing the mindfulness of breathing, like taking moments to notice, how am I breathing? God gave this to us, like he literally gave us the inhale and the exhale. I want to help you get through these anxious attacks, and I really, really want you to enjoy walking in your victory. So, point number one, peace be with you. In this context of scripture, this is actually a salutation after Christ's resurrection. So let's put it like this. This can also be known as a like, don't freak out. It's me. (laughs) Stay calm. You know, because there was a time they saw Jesus and he's walking on water and they're thinking it's a ghost and he has to tell them like, hey, peace. It's a salutation. But this salutation is different right can be compared to but it's it's actually different cuz this is after the resurrection and so um the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with this earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is now i'm just quoting what blue letter bible says but what i find interesting about this text is that after he that's Jesus, gives this salutation, verse 20 says, he then showed his hands and his side. Now, I don't know if your Bible emphasis um, has emphasis on the his part, but in my New King James Bible, his is italicized. So that lets me know that there's emphasis when I read it, that his hands and his side He was distinguishing himself and allowing them to see that I am the crucified Christ. His to imply the personableness of that moment and the legitimacy of the moment. The verse proceeds to say that the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Psalm 45 is titled, The Glories of the Messiah and His Bride. Psalm 45, verse 7 says in the New King James Version, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Listen, I don't know about you, but this, this right here, don't quote me on it, but I look at anxiety as like wicked and evil, right because it's in contradiction to the life that christ paid for us to have so like everything about the nature of of anxiety is hostile to righteousness of god well to the righteousness of god that's just me though but the part that almost makes me speechless is the their god therefore god your god has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Those things we idolize and we use to cope with in hard moments, um, they don't really have nothing on God, (laughs) like nothing. So those moments where, you know, your depression, your anxiety, your fears, those things that are really gripping you in this nice season, whatever you run to, that's not God. Whatever you're running to, that's not prayer, that's not the word of God, that's not edifying you. Those things can be considered companions. And this scripture tells us that our God anoints us with the oil of gladness more than our companions. You remember the scripture where he says, Peace I leave with you, not like the world. Peace I give unto you, not like the world. Consider this the same thing. There are just some things that can make you happy, you know, and just kind of subside or make that anxiety and depression dormant, like maybe medication or sex or TV or food, things that are not really conducive to the problem, but it, it satisfies you for the time being. Whereas I think about like the oil of gladness being poured out on us. And it just never stops. <laughs> but it happens like when you take a moment to breathe. So here's some homework for you. Like, no, for real, you got, you got homework, okay? I want you to find out ways to catch anxiety in its tracks. Meaning, like, for example, for me, I place my hand on my chest I close my eyes and begin concentrating on my breathing and using each breath to praise and acknowledge God. For you, it may be going, you know, going into the bathroom, taking a timer, setting it for like five minutes to just intentionally pray, or you know, taking that time to read scripture, you know, like one verse over and over and over. It could be do it could be you taking a walk or doing what, again, let's do the word, what Philippians 4, 8 says. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, meaning any particular moral excellence as in modesty or purity, and if there is anything praiseworthy, praiseworthy, meditate which is actually an action word in the text meaning to consider or take account to weigh thinking deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time on those things on these things so what's your homework you will have to actively engage your faith you have to find out God, how do I walk in this victory with you? What does that look like for me to do this scripture or to experience this scripture? Because this is what you die for me to have. Point number two, peace to you. Now, here is another one of my favorite parts. This is, this particular verse is like a commissioning statement, right? Because it reads, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So that's a commission. That is, he is releasing them, right? Jesus is about to acknowledge that they are being sent, which, you know, we just read. This is active and a right now kind of word, After you have done Philippians 4, 8, corresponding actions should follow. After you've thought on these, this is an active practice, right? After you've thought on those things, you should get back to work. You should be able to clean, get out of bed, brush your teeth, wash your body. You should be able to go to the grocery store now. You should be able to want to go to that, that gathering with your brothers and sisters in the faith. You should be able to, not only think on these on the scriptures but be a active participant in doing the scriptures and the best part is that you don't have to do this in your own strength you just have to make the choice that you want to do it literally partnering with the holy spirit but i'm getting ahead of myself not only is the peace with you it's to you paul says that the peace of god In Philippians chapter four, you'll notice that he mentions the peace of God and the God of peace. It says, and Jesus was present to heal them. Luke chapter five, verse 17. Just because he is present doesn't mean you acknowledge this truth. So again, God has, the father has sent you. Jesus has commissioned and sent you to do something, right? Whether that's your schoolwork, whether that's loving on your spouse, whether that is cleaning your house, whether that's volunteer work, um, whether that whatever the Holy Spirit has told you to do through, you know, God, the Father, through his word, the Holy Spirit reveals that to you to do. You not only have the peace of God, right, because the presence, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere all at the same time, but then there is the God of peace being with you, This is God, the Holy Spirit, which now we can really get into that part. I just kind of wanted to, you know, (laughs) preface this as we walk into the best part of this whole podcast. And point number three, receive the Holy Spirit. The reason that I didn't go like as long and as hard in the paint as I wanted to in point two is because I really needed to kind of like introduce you to point three, which is receive the Holy Spirit. Ugh. <laughs> and it's just you know, there's that person that's like, "Well, Jen, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, I have scripture for you. First John chapter four, verse 15, in the amplified classic reads, "Anyone who confesses, acknowledges, owns that po- personal ownership. I believe in my heart part." right? If anyone confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides, lives, and makes his home in him. And he, meaning you, abides and lives and makes his home in God. The next verse says, and we know, understand, recognize, our conscience of, may uh, by, uh, by observation, and by experience and believe and adhere to put faith in and rely on the love of God. Okay, the love of God cherishes for us. God is love and he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God and God dwells and continues in him. The best way I could put some of that, since I use the Amplified Classic to just really expound that part where it says, "And we know, we understand, we recognize, we are conscious of by observation and experience," James says that we are not just hearers; we ought not be hearers of the word only, but doers, lest we deceive who ourselves. He says that a man who you know, comparing and contrasting a man who hears the word but doesn't do it is like a man who goes and looks in a mirror and forgots or just forgets what he sees, but a man who looks into the perfect law of liberty observes observes to do that man everything his hands touch is blessed, so that observation isn't just um like with the the natural senses. I observe to do and by my doing I have I can testify that I experienced as how we know we don't know because we read the text we know because we did it and it worked <laughs> that's the best part about this when it says and we know it's like you ever catch somebody in a whole whole lie. I mean like you I don't even know why you still standing here lying through your teeth I know the truth like uh, it's it's all the evidence is not only is, is stacked against you but I saw you I caught you <laughs> that kind of no uh this generation says what uh I got the receipts these are the receipts the scriptures and putting them into practice become the receipts so that in the sea ah oh, thank you holy spirit the scripture says that um They were encouraged to take up stones for remembrance. Come on, Holy Ghost, because those stones were to help them remember each place and area that God had brought them through in the wilderness. So it's the same concept. The scriptures are, are stones of remember. I remember when I was losing my breath and I was having that panic attack and I took that five minutes, I did my homework and I sought the Lord and I sat with him and I said, how can we do this God? Like, what is the way that I can begin to actively move on your word? And I did that part. And when I had the, cause this is the misconception you sometimes you think it's not going to come it's going to come the scripture says that the storm came to the man who built his house on the foundation of the rock and the man who built his foundation on the sand the storm came to them both alike so it's going to come I just for whoever you are who's like man I can't wait to try this as if this is going to happen in the in the absence of trouble no this is going to work in the presence of Of trouble. This is gonna happen in the exact moment of an anxiety attack. This is gonna happen when depression is sitting on your chest and you can't get out of bed. And you're going to have to use the stone of the word. You have to use the rock. Jesus, who is the rock that is higher than ourselves. You're going to have to use what he has given you, revealed to you through the holy scriptures to wage a good warfare. And you're going to have to do it. No way around it. So with that being said. We're going to pray before this episode is out, right? Um, and you will receive the Holy Spirit if you don't know that you already have. But you have 1 John chapter 4.15 that lets you know, even if you don't pray in tongues, maybe yet, I should say, <laughs> um, that you have His Spirit. And that's some more homework for you too. Ask the Lord to reveal to you the giftings that are in you. Maybe you have a strong gift of helps. Maybe you have the gift of wisdom or the gift of faith. I believe that's in Romans chapter, I don't want to say 12, or it might be in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not sure. Don't quote me. But yeah, ask him to show you what what are my gifts through the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift, first and foremost. Let me just say that. Let me just say that. The scripture literally says that if you being evil fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more will your father in heaven give you the gift of the Holy Spirit? (laughs) So I'm not gonna lie. I don't care if I never lay hands on the sick and they don't recover. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying I don't want to, right? But I'm saying I have the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is a huge gift in itself to have the Same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead living in my mortal body. I could go on forever. But our scripture reference says that after he commissioned them, back to John chapter 20, after he commissioned them, he said, you know, as the father has sent me, I also send you. Verse 22 says, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, as I say to you now, receive the Holy Spirit spirit. They received the life-giving spirit. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45 in the Amplified Classic once again says, "Uh, thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being and an individual personality. The last Adam, which is Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit restoring the death to life. Now, I know I will need to dig a little bit deeper into this because I'm sensing salvation on this text. Like this, These are salvific messages, even as I stated, stated that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now quickens, makes alive my mortal body, makes alive our mortal bodies. That's salvific in nature. Um, so now that I know that I'm going to need to dig a little deeper into that, I want to acknowledge that Jesus breathing on them can also be compared to the same um, breath of the word, which Ezekiel was commanded to perform. Um, in chapter 37 of Ezekiel, verse five says, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. I'm trying so hard not to cry. (laughs) Um, Because it was the breath, it was the word. It's the word that gives life. And the word came and wrapped himself in flesh. And he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Because in the beginning was the word. And the word was God and the word with God. And the word became flesh. Like the word is so tangible. And even as I read that, I believe whoever, whoever you are. You don't have to wait till Sunday service in front of all people, all kinds of people to acknowledge this moment that you right wherever you are listening to me can turn me off and say, Father, Lord, I want you to breathe on me. Then I love it because the text goes on to say, receive, take. What is being given to you from God in this night season? Because after he breathed on him on them and said to them, he said, receive the Holy Spirit, receive, take what is being given to you, receive, take the Holy Spirit and learn of him. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. I just so happen to have the amplified classic of what I was doing this, but take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, saith the Lord. This is an invitation to learn more about the God you say is your Lord and Savior. We should probably start saying Savior and Lord. Because <laughs> he saved us. And then now he has lordship over us. Um, because we're no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness, according to Romans chapter 6. So give yourself to him. Receive all That he is, um, so that you can overcome. You can overcome anxiety and addiction and temptation. Hey, you can even overcome that pride. It'll, It'll probably still be present, but you can overcome it every time it peaks its ugly head. Whatever it is, receive the Holy Spirit so you can do what he has commanded and empowered you to do according to his will. So, uh, I am so full of the Holy Spirit, like my awareness of him, of God the Father in this moment is so high. I'm emotionally like excited. And the only reason I say emotionally excited is because my excitement is, is coming through in tears and tears of joy. My joy is full. <laughs> Because I know I know that salvation is literally the greatest gift. And the the proof of that salvation is the Holy Spirit, yo. Like that is the greatest, greatest receipt we have, the sealing of the Holy Spirit unto our salvation. That is awesome. My joy is full knowing that after you have listened to this, that you're going to engage God and you're going to engage his word. And you're going to come out with strategies, scriptural strategies on how to ward off and fight off those contradicting experiences that even after this, the, the, um, The anointing, the oil of gladness is going to be so powerful on your mind that you're going to start feeling like something is wrong because everything is right. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these ones who you have allowed to come across this podcast. I declare not one is lost, just like Jesus, Lord. These whom you have given me, not one is lost. Not one shall be lost. They will not be lost to addiction. They will not be lost to anxiety. They will not be lost to depression. They will not be lost to temptations. They will not be lost to their lust or their pride. They will not be lost to the grip um, of, of the flesh but they will be free for where the spirit of the Lord is. There is Liberty. They have permission because your word says so that they have received the spirit of adoption where they can now cry out Abba father. They are heirs to you, Lord God and joint heirs to you, Jesus. And these ones These ones, God, are precious to you as all are, Father God, who receive salvation. I pray, Lord God, that if they have not believed in their heart, and that they have not confessed with their mouths that you are Lord, that they will make that decision that what they have heard in this moment, what they have heard is not moving them in emotions, but is compelling them because no man can confess that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has already been working on your heart. The Holy Spirit has already been putting things in your path to lead you to this moment where your heart says, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he was raised from the dead and that he got up with power I believe that that same power that raised him from the dead now lives in me because I confess that Jesus is the son of God and Lord I thank you that no longer will anxiety grip and rob them of the breath that you have blessed them to have that from this day forth, the breathing is regulated, the panic attacks cease because of your word active in their heart and in their minds, and even so, God, your word says you will keep their minds in perfect peace as they keep their minds stayed on you. Those who trust in you, Lord, I pray that they would trust that your word is what it does, that it's powerful to do what it says it can. do and that by faith they walk on the word. God I celebrate their salvation. I'm so grateful God that you have filled them with the Holy Spirit and they have received (laughs) they have taken it up and you now have made your abiding presence in them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. You are so wonderful, magnificent and powerful. I am so grateful that your peace you give unto us. Not like the world gives, Lord God. I'm so grateful that you have breathed on us. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for your word. For it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you for your word, oh God. It's the discerner of our hearts. (laughs) I thank you, Lord God, that your word is the power unto salvation. Your word can do what nothing else can do. Because the grass can wither and the flower will fade. But your word, your word will stand Forever, thank you for your word. And Father, I seal it with this truth. You said, if we ask anything in your name, according to your will, it will be given to us. And then this is our confidence that we know that if we've asked anything according to your will and in your name, we have what we've asked for. And so hallelujah, we receive it. We thank you with gladness in Jesus name. Amen. Congratulations. Happy birthday. If you just gave your life to Christ, record this day. This is a big day for you. If you just gave your heart to Jesus and you've decided that you want to go all the way, (laughs) wherever all the way for you looks like. But this is your new birthday. Happy birthday to you. And for those of you who have been in the game for a little while, you just kind of didn't know and you need a refreshing amen to that, too, because that's a big deal. And you just got to steward that. Keep being refreshed. Keep filling yourself with the word of God. Amen.